Good morning, this is John from the UK team here. I'm delighted to have Sheldon McDonald, Deputy CIO, and Sol Evans, Senior Investment Manager here. So I start with Sheldon. Should the narrative change from trade wars to currency wars, given the Chinese currency fell through this much talked about psychological barrier of seven? I think people have started talking, or perhaps started whispering about the, the possibility of currency wars and the race to weaken your currency in order to stimulate your exporting sectors is certainly a something that we've seen before. Are we yet in a situation where there's full-blown currency wars? I don't think so. The US fired a warning shot, I guess, last week, labeling China a currency manipulator. This is probably more political point scoring while they're in the middle of the uh, the trade negotiations. China at the moment can point to their history of actually supporting their currency, boosting the level of the currency, as opposed to trying to weaken it. So uh, I don't think we're quite at the point yet of speaking about full-blown currency wars. Okay, and I would turn to you quickly, Sol. Given the current market uncertainty, we talked about it a lot, is the sharp increase in the price of gold justified? I think it's perhaps even, is it the highest level since 2013 or so? That's right, gold hit $1,500 an ounce last week, a six-year high. And this is really reflecting the uncertain economic backdrop and consistent really with the strong performance we've seen across defensive assets in general. Bond yields have fallen very sharply, the yen, Swiss franc performed very strongly. And at the moment, with $15 trillion of bonds yielding negatively, not only is the foregone income no longer an argument for holding gold in place of bonds. But if you're owning bonds, you're locking in a capital loss with certainty. So you can see why gold is attractive against that backdrop. Okay, thanks, Ersol. Uh, and if I turn back to you, Sheldon, if we perhaps uh, focus on the UK, and does the negative quarter of UK GDP growth make a UK rate cut this year well, almost a certainty? Markets are certainly have now priced in a rate cut by the end of the year. The expectations in the market now are 80% that we will see a rate cut, and that's up from just 10% expectation a couple of weeks ago. So markets certainly expecting uh, something going forward. Personally, I think we'll probably be on hold until we see some kind of outcome or resolution on the Brexit front. In the meantime, though, it's not a pretty picture. The newspapers this morning are washed with news about how weak it's been on the high street in the summer. So things not looking pretty in the UK economy. We do have unemployment and inflation data out this week. That might give us a little bit of a steer. But like I say, I think the central bank will probably stay on hold until we see a Brexit outcome. Okay, and then lastly, are there any additional data points you're focusing on for the week ahead? I know you've mentioned inflation, unemployment numbers in the US. Will they be? Um, well, that was the UK. In the US, the big one to watch this week is probably the inflation number, uh, expecting 1.7% uh, year on year. That's still below the US's uh, 2% target level, which might, yeah, if we do see the weaker inflation numbers, that might give uh, President Trump some more fuel for uh, tweets aimed at uh, and at the central bank and asking them to cut rates. I was just going to add that over the course of the week, um, we'll get a very clear sense for how the global economy is doing. So in addition to the US inflation numbers, we have inflation data from the UK, we have Chinese industrial production and retail sales, and we get Eurozone GDP forecasts as well. Okay, thank you. Definitely a very uh, busy week ahead. All right, thanks for your time, guys. Thank you. Thanks.